0: Today on Our Spaces, we have a visual artist, DJ, and founder of Octopus Recordings, uh, Um So welcome to Our Spaces. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe how you got into music, and what got you into NFTs?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I was born in Ireland. I grew up in Spain, as I mentioned. Um, I started on a path studying uh, marine biology, weirdly and um, got signed to a record label in Paris in the first year, uh, left college and started DJing um, really quite young, actually. And around that time, I also started working, um, helping out in a recording studio in Dublin. So I was going in there, doing the worst, worst jobs possible, um, fixing cables, cleaning up and that kind of shit. Then... Staying in there at nighttime and and making records, so that's how I got started using their gear. Eventually, from DJ gigs, I started buying my own uh stuff for a studio, and like fast forward two years, I started touring around um, Europe mainly, and I started touring in the States and then Asia, being pretty much around the world like a bunch of times. So then, yeah, LA uh, is home now. So I moved. How long? Ago did you play? Sorry. How long ago did you move to Los Angeles? Uh, seven years ago now.
0: Did you move there to pursue a musical career, or is it just kind of a place that you wanted to head off to and check out how uh, the West goes? Yeah, career? you know,
1: I'd been playing here a lot. I started to do more gigs in the states, um, and obviously playing in LA, I absolutely loved this place since I was a kid. So I just decided to get over here. Permanently. Did you play any
0: instruments growing up or did you kind of just like jump right into DJing and um, electronic music?
1: It was mostly synthesizers but yeah I mess around on guitar, bass, stuff like that but yeah I mean synthesizers and computers were the thing that really hooked me in so um, making music digitally obviously was, was the real catch there. Um, I think I started messing around with synthesizers when I was about 17. Um, and then eventually went all in um, with Ableton, which is a, a music production um, software DAW. So yeah, now I'm all in the box, literally just a laptop with all my software inside it instead of a big studio full of machines.
0: Yeah, it makes it a lot easier when you're using Ableton and you have all your BSTs all built in rather than carrying around rigs and I also make music, so right. and I play synthesizer, so I kind of know what you're going through using Ableton Push.
1: Yeah, yeah, for a bit actually, but you know, it's just so nice to have Ableton all in the box, even without the push. So I can just work on a, you know, on a plane or in a hotel room or something, just literally my laptop and headphones.
0: So there's so many different types of like subgenres in electronic music now what what would the closest one
1: be that you would call the type of music that you create it's kind of unusual because i came from techno which is you know playing pretty industrial and minimal music in a in a kind of late night environment and kind of grew into pop music i guess in a weird way like i am kind of considered a techno artist but i've recently done some remixes that are more on the on the pop end of things i mean it's a stupid word but um i just released something on dead mouse's label again I've, I've released a bunch of records with them I also did a remix for Armin van Buren's label which is again really unusual for an artist to come from the underground and start doing that kind of stuff but that was just an, a natural transition for me to start working with vocals
0: So how, how does it, like, do you go through, like, a management company in order to get connected with guys like Dead 5 and Armin Van Buren, or, like, have you just met these guys personally, like, doing club gigs and stuff together? How do you go about doing like this? Actually,
1: um, Dead 5s old management company signed me to, to their roster, um, and my manager, who was working with their field and co-managing Dead 5s other project, they signed me. And uh, it just made sense to put the two things together because they were interested in taking Mousetrap, which is Dead Mouse's label, into a more underground feel. And they really liked what I was doing. They offered me um, some really great opportunities. I actually went on tour with Deadmau5 for a bunch of shows. Uh, I remixed him twice and then continued to release on his label. Uh, how long ago did you start getting into NFTs? I've been messing around with these ideas for a while, um I guess a year, maybe. um I started to kind of seriously consider this because I mean, it's been a really strange place for nFts and music because you know you've you've got musicians who are really paving the way like Dead Mouse and Blau, um people like that, who have been doing this for years, like three or four years, and they've kind of pushed their own niche to the point where more and more artists are starting to understand it because that's the real problem. I think when you say to an artist, okay, let's collab on an NFT. They have no idea what you're talking about. They think an NFT is like a JPEG, you know? So this year obviously is going to change all that with all of the, the news and announcements that is come in with, you know, companies like SoundX, uh, XYZ, um, Royal uh, Audius, and Moda Dow. There's going to be a lot of announcements, like literally in the next few weeks, a ton of stuff is coming out. I'm not too familiar with many other artists, especially in from my genre that are messing around with NFTs. but one of the things that um, we've always come from a visual standpoint for the label, it's always been uh, a really heavy focus on the visual side of our art. So that just felt like... a uh, a no-brainer to start to actually focus on that a bit more.
0: Yeah, I, I, the musical aspect really hasn't been tapped into too much in uh, the NFT space. I mean, there, there are some, you know, bigger names that are that are getting into it, uh, like in, I guess, the pop rock that was Kings of Leon. There's a, guys in hip-hop that are doing it. I know, like, Steve Aoki, he was getting involved in it somewhat, but... It really hasn't got mass adopted and um you know I'm not sure if it has something to do with uh legal and people being bound to record labels. Mm. Uh, can you talk about that? Like do you have any issues with any of the, the labels that you might be involved with uh, saying that you can't release certain things because you're you're bound to a contract or something with them, or you don't have any of these problems? Yeah,
1: I think it's it's actually two things as I see it. That is definitely a factor. Some artists are signed to labels. They don't own their own masters, so they can't go and you know, release new music um, on a NFT platform for music because that stuff's all being figured out at the moment. It's so new that people don't know where to put the rights system. And then I think secondly, a lot of artists who tried to cash in early, they just created an NFT that wasn't really... Um, related to their music and they tried to put it out there I mean there's a bunch in hip hop and rock who did this and it doesn't really feel relevant to them it just feels like a cash in because the the music isn't connected to that NFT Um, which is something that we wanted to change because the NFTs I'm working on the first um, batch we haven't even dropped them yet we just have them up on Rarible as a test Um, those are basically giving away so the idea there is that we want our fans to kind of build a community and flip them if they want to or hold them and give them the opportunity to kind of earn and grow with us instead of just trying to drop an nft and charge a lot of money for it straight away i'm absolutely fine to basically let these go for tiny bids so that people own that and can flip it and develop an ecosystem around it.
0: Are you doing the artwork for the ones that you have up on Rarement? Yeah, World, I've, you have I've actually always...
1: Yeah, all of those are me. Um, I've made the artwork for the record label since since I started it. Um, and I make my own artworks for any other releases I do on labels. So, yeah, I've always been pushing that. I do video and photography stuff as well. So... It's kind of easy for us to, to focus on that side of it.
0: Was one of the main reasons that you got into NFTs because um, the world shut down because of COVID, so was it kind of a lack of uh, you know club venues and everything that you could get involved in and you wanted to find some other sort of maybe... Supplementary income or just something to do in the meantime while the world starts opening back up?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a a really good point, actually. Um, I think a lot of artists were forced to kind of think and rethink the model of the music business. And I guess everyone knows that streaming and the music business overall has become so undervalued. It's this kind of old um, empire system. You know, if you look at 75% of Spotify's Um, earnings doesn't go anywhere near the artists Um, and there's I mean just endless headline after headline about undervaluation of music so I think a lot of people are thinking okay we need to focus on a smaller niche um, not try to have like billions of streams every month but instead focus our music towards a smaller group of kind of hardcore fans
0: can you tell me a little bit about Octopus Recordings that you started up? What made you decide to do something like this?
1: Yeah, it's it's honestly the, the driving feeling was the music that I wanted to put out wasn't being represented. And that's a, a, a founding principle of starting the label. That we were making stuff which I felt needed to come out and just didn't fit on any of the other labels out there even the ones that I was signed to. So it kind of came out of a mix of frustration and and also ambition to just do something new in, in underground music. Um, and yeah, it worked out really nicely. We broke a lot of artists constantly in the top 10 in, in the dance charts, um, started the career of a ton of people. And this kind of led us into this idea that we need to take those artists further in a way, especially you know with my own career there's a lot more that we can do where music meets visual stuff. And that's kind of the next chapter of what we're working on.
0: So going into the visual like representation of what your music um, is all about, have you um, considered implementing your music into the metaverse and maybe doing virtual concerts or something along those lines? Have you even talked to anybody about something yeah, like that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's something that we're going to work on for sure. Um, before, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but uh, Minecraft was trying to put together a big festival for electronic music, we were going to be part of that before it kind of imploded um, so yeah we were basically going to build a black octagon inside of Minecraft and have all of our artists play um, a free concert in there so that's definitely something that I want to develop and at the moment we're, we're figuring out new ways to do that what do you think musical artists need to
0: do in order to bring awareness to this space? Do you think we just need some big name person like Jay-Z to put out an NFT? Or do you think uh, maybe along the lines of having maybe a record label go full force into it or just a combination of things? What do you think is the best way we could get some awareness into it? Because I, I personally want to start minting my own music, but not really know how to go about it, to be quite honest with you, where I could actually attract people.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's that's really it, is putting your neck on the line, especially people with a bigger profile. I mean, if you look at um, two good examples I mentioned earlier, Blau and Dead Mouse, they both really stuck their neck on, out on the line and said, right, I'm doing this and everyone's going to give me all that shit. You know, the right clickers, all those idiots are going to think that you're trying to cash in, but they just keep doing it and it comes from a place of originality. Like, they're both... Involved in really interesting tech, so it obviously feels natural to them, and it's not like somebody just diving in for a cash grab. They actually develop projects. I think that's really what it takes: is people to to take that chance and and to push it from there and with their fan base that exists. Your NFTs, you put them on the Ethereum blockchain, right? So the ones that we're testing out on Rarible, um, basically we haven't launched these we just i just put them up because i wanted to show people that you know i've been working hard on this there's um yeah the ethereum network for um wearable and then on opensea i have a bunch of others that are in polygon um
0: what made you decide to do one on the one chain and one on the other and do you think there's uh, specific benefits of
1: one person the outro? Yeah, for me it was it's just gas really. I mean, it's something that I run into with frustrations. Um just the gas being so high lately, I felt I wanted to try and put more of, of the new collection onto um Polygon just to give people an opportunity to get them really cheap and to also show that, you know, we're we're trying to build something around these where we're not just you know, aiming at doing a drop, scoop the money, and split. We actually wanted to develop it long term.
0: What's what's the favorite venue that
1: you've ever played at? Oh yeah, God, so many. Um, one really great one was Aki Poppy in South Africa, because I'd always wanted to go to South Africa. Um, I got to play out basically in in the outback. Um, another great venue is Contact in Tokyo. Um, that was high up on my list. I would say um, the EDCs were always fun. Um, other great, oh Governors Island in in New York was amazing. Yeah, for me, it's like the the kind of weird locations with the amazing views are always my favorite. You were doing some, like, live sets on Twitch for a while, right? Yeah, we were a Twitch partner for about almost a year. Um, a little bit under, actually. But, yeah, um, we were doing seven days of programming on Twitch, actually, which was insane. It was pretty hard to sustain that.
0: I like what I'm doing on Twitter space. It's like, every day. It's a <laughs> lot. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of preparation and stuff. I mean, when you're doing something that frequently, do you feel like you have pressure on you that you can't use any of the same songs for the sets and you have to constantly just keep changing the rotation over and over again?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I did when I I made a deal with Twitch was um, we brought in a ton of new talent. So we said, okay, we could easily get DJ sets from all of our, like, you know, well known TJ friends. But what was more interesting to me was to build a roster of upcoming artists and kind of showcase them on a prime time slot. So um Twitch really liked that because they're all about like they don't care if you have a million followers or 10 followers. It's how engaged those 10 followers are, right? So it was really interesting to see how excited people were about that because you've got all these new faces who are doing really cool things and it gave us an opportunity to like do seven days and have enough people to fill that in instead of having some big artist who's committed to a lot of other stuff
0: you're doing a new project now right it's called third culture
1: yep me and sasha rabadi people probably know him from dirty birds he's um he's been DJing over in the states for years, he's like a big Dirty Bird artist.
0: So, what uh, what got you guys together, and um, what function does each one of you uh, perform in this collaboration? You both just uh, what what's each one of you doing really when it comes down to it instrumentally?
1: Yeah, so we met at a gig and instantly started laughing about European nonsense because um, we both feel like foreigners in in the States. So we kinda clicked and um, as far as collabing goes, it's weird. Like I'll always come up with the sparks and the original um, couple of small sounds. Then I'll try to develop it with him into, you know, a broader structure. But he's really good at arranging and um mix downs, which I suck at. So um, yeah, I'll get together original sounds and ideas, kinda put them into a the structure develop it into a bigger theme, and then he'll go nuts on the arrangement.
0: What's, like, one of the go-to albums that you have if you're going to be driving in a car that
1: you could listen to? Uh, I listen to a lot of really chill music, actually. Like, um, most recently, I've been listening to Ruby Haunt, uh, cemeteries stuff like that, Orchid Mantis. Yes it's kind of like post rock like very chill vocal based guitar stuff, but I mean, I listen to everything from jazz to like to um um film score stuff and yeah a lot of electronic obviously anything that's is kind of melodic and electronic will always get in there
0: now I see you have a lot of lit- listeners on uh soundcloud and and spotify now mm-hmm. is is really like Uh, a feasible way for an artist to make money without a ton of followers or would it be easier for somebody that's getting into music possibly just to go the NFT route?
1: I just had this conversation today actually Um, I think honestly if I was starting now I would focus entirely on NFT because um, Spotify as everyone knows pays so little to artists um, and labels You know, for multiple reasons. But if you're going to solely rely on streaming and shows, it's got, you've got to release very commercial music, obviously. Um, And even then, I mean, just to break it down, a million streams on Spotify pays about $3,000 under actually. So uh, getting a million streams per year is quite a task, you know. I would say focus entirely on NFT because. If you find, for example, if you have a 100 hardcore fans that throw in $10 for your, you know, for part ownership in your track, if they want to earn royalties with you, or if a larger person wants to come in and just buy the track outright and then, you know, create a marketplace for himself around that, you're going to make a decent living, which you're entitled to for your art, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about putting any any sort of additional utility into your NFTs? Have you had any thoughts of whatever it might be, other than just the actual picture and the and the music? Anything else that you might want to Yeah,
1: I mean uh, I've discussed this a lot and I feel that there's certain types of entities that are very like community and token driven, right? So like, you know, your your PFP stuff and things like that. But I feel if you're going to work you know, for months on a piece of music and a visual that stands on its own as a piece of art, I think that should suffice and it should be good enough to get people excited. I don't think every single NFT project needs all of the utility and token stuff that, that is imagined. I think that's more so if you're trying to build a community in a clubhouse and, and all of that, those features.
0: Yeah, I I don't even personally think you need anything more than the art itself. You yeah. have cool art or you have a the is really the most important thing when it comes down to it anyway, right? Exactly. You're really selling art when it when, when it's all said and done, you're selling yourself. You're not really selling the artwork. Even if your artwork's badass, the whole point is coming out there and building your community and, you know, selling what you have there. Yeah. Um do you think do you think we're ever gonna have uh just metaverse concert venues where they're gonna charge uh NFT price to get into the Metaverse concert and then they're gonna split the revenue
1: with the artists. Definitely. Yeah, it's already in the works. A hundred percent. And it's gonna give a platform to a lot of new talent. It's not just gonna be the big guys who are gonna come in and crush it with, you know, a Fortnite gig or, you know, something huge in the sandbox. I feel like it's gonna be festivals that'll give the artists who are already ahead in the NFT and digital world, it's going to give them opportunities over, you know, someone who might not be able to put something together for that.
0: You would think eventually we're going to be able to hold larger Metaverse
1: concerts than the largest festivals that they have out there, as long as we can support the bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. And if you think of it financially, just from a promoter standpoint. If you're aiming at a global audience, you know, you're not just aiming at a city. Say I do a show in L.A., it's a thousand people. If I was to join a show online, it could be like 10 million people. So there's a huge revenue difference there that they'll be able to support new artists and take chances on people um, and get, you know, new talent paid properly, I believe.
0: And just the value for the people that want to see the specific artist, you know, like uh, Greg down there, he lives in in, in Idaho. Like there's not really a ton of large acts that, you know, blow through his area. So he could actually sit at his house and watch whatever Metaverse concert that he wants. Exactly. Which I think is, it gives a lot of people opportunity to see people that they would have never had the opportunity to, or would have had to, maybe fly to a venue in order to see them. Yeah,
1: way better for fans, way better for artists, especially new artists, definitely. So what about NFT
0: record labels? Do you think this is going to exist?
1: I'm working on one at the moment, actually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. And I think, yeah, it's going to become more and more, more and more of a thing, you know, when people understand that it's not, you know, either or something can exist in both lanes as long as you own your own masters how would it be mutually beneficial
0: because a lot of people are getting into nft music specifically to get away from like record labels in these platforms so how would it actually benefit a record label in order to uh be set up in the NFT?
1: so i think it comes back to that concept that you know to get started you only really need a hundred loyal fans right so if those fans are willing to put in 10 bucks even to invest in you, then you're already rolling. You know, you don't need 100,000 plays a year on Spotify or something. You just have this structure where your fan base starts a small tribe and that can grow, you know, exponentially from there. But I feel that's a real plus for a record label because you can say, okay, say we have 1,000 hardcore fans and we, just, we do one drop and they put in 10 books. That's already a huge, a huge investment in the label.
0: That is true. And, and how would the split go with, uh, with the artist? I think it would have would to be, be...
1: Um, more the mentality of, of Web three. You know, it would have to be 50/50 instead of the typical setup with a record label where there'll be all these deductions and rights management issues. I think it would have to be straight 50/50.
0: Do you also collect NFTs? Uh,
1: I'm starting to, yeah. I haven't really found anything that I'm mind blown by, but yeah. And by the way, that just talking strictly from a financial point of view as a benefit for a record label, obviously, there's a million other benefits, like artistically, to doing that.
2: What's
0: the biggest difficulty that you faced um, setting up an NFT project?
1: I feel it's converting your fans because a lot of electronic music fans you would think are into NFT stuff, but they seem to still be, you know, the average festival goer is still uneducated. And, you know, you've got armies of, as I call them, right clickers who think, you know, that um, artists are just trying to, you know, rug pull them or something, but it's, uh, yeah resistance and i would say then also tech wise like for example i've had some bids on, you know we haven't even launched this nft uh, collection i've had a couple of bids that i'm waiting on the gas to go down and kind of figuring out okay you know at what point do you accept a bid or you know i want to make them really affordable for people so i don't want to let bidding go up too high initially and then it's like okay i have to pay the gas on all those so yeah, that's like tech-wise, that's an issue. But then, I mean, creatively, I think most artists will be really, really capable of uh, of the artistic side.
0: Now, I was talking to a hip hop artist the other day. I, I noticed that you don't do it the way he did. Um, he would post his NFT artwork, whatever it might be—a uh, reflection of what the song might mean, or just the album cover work—and then he would have his song, but he would stream the entire song as opposed to a section of the song. Now, do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? I think
1: it depends on what the track is. I mean, I know that Royal is going to be doing whole tracks. Um, Blau is already doing that. I know Dead is going to be doing some stuff like that soon, where the entire track is the NFT. He's doing more and more of those. But I think if it's like the ones that I worked on, it's more kind of like soundtrack vibe. An instrumental so it feels like a piece of like cinema score with the visual so it's kind of a exists as a piece together but if someone is creating an entire track then i feel like that should be the nft and i believe royal is going to solve that problem royal.io
0: uh one of your nfts on rarible you're you have a signed skateboard um, um now the The person who purchases that, they get the physical skateboard deck along with the NFT. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you think? Uh, do you think that's something important that people should start doing? Maybe giving physical uh, pieces along with the digital asset.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting way to do collectibles <clears throat> because that that was kind of a unique one. That was a collab with a, a really famous skateboarder called Jaws Monkey. Just check him out. Um, he's He's in the new Jackass movie. He's been on the cover of Trasher a bunch of times. He's like a real legend in the skateboard world. And obviously it made sense for him, you know, and I to work on something that is actually tangible and people could technically take that off their wall and skate it. Um, So that was kind of a special one. But I feel like eventually I would like to do more physical stuff for sure. I know another artist has made this really cool sculpture of the waveform of one of his tracks. Um, there's a couple of things like that coming that are interesting. That's very cool. Mm.
0: That's the first year in something like that. So, how's he going about doing that?
1: So, it'll be a one of one. Um, the purchaser in the unlockable would get the um, information on how to receive the physical, and then you get a bunch of extras with it. I mean, yeah, for sure. One of the things I want to do, not just Having our, you know, my own NFTs is affordable, but I'll also throw a bunch of unlockable stuff in there. Like we, you know, we have a bunch of merchandise and whatever from the label. So I will definitely be adding a lot of that in and just giving people, just rewarding the people that are early and appreciate first editions and things.
3: So you have a question? Yeah, you no, know, I was gonna say Happy New Year, everybody, and you know, blessings. We're we're going we're going strong this year. All of us. Happy New Year. What's up, Chronic? I see you, brother. I love you.
0: So, um, what was the question I was just going to ask you? I, I just had a, a brain fart. No worries. Hold on, I'll just throw a second. Threw me off with the Happy New Year over there.
1: <laughs> no worries.
0: Oh, I remember now. Um, do you think, do you think a good type of utility or a good way to maybe market an NFT as a a musician would be to release the stems along with the actual physical track?
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people doing that actually, Um, breaking the track into different stems, which is, you know, for people who don't make music, will be different parts of the instruments. People can put those together and remix it. It's not that interesting to me, to be honest, because I like to create something you know, as a whole piece, a finished piece and like, you know, sit with it for a while and then drop it and say, okay, that's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've yet to explore that. During the pandemic, um,
0: I met up with a guy through Facebook, through some like synthesizer group and he lives in El Salvador and we would, I would do like a drum pattern on one of my drum machines, and then he would go and he would lay down like a lead on his synthesizer, and we would send it back and forth. And we did this for months, and then we we're just creating tracks. Um, what what I'm trying to get at is, do you think that there is some sort of market in NFT music where you could maybe just sell stems, and uh, maybe more so for like record producers?
1: Yeah, possibly. The only thing is, you know, you'd be competing with companies like Splice or you know, um native instruments who provide a lot of loops and samples, like literally millions of them for like you know ten bucks a month, so I don't know where I don't know where the real value is for music producers there, yeah, I'm not sure myself, and you're right with native
0: instruments, you know, I didn't even think of that. I have a machine of three at my house, and uh didn't even click in my head about how much shit that they give you
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah if anybody has any questions for uh CN, please feel free to uh shout it out or uh we only have about ten more minutes before we have to wrap it up,
2: so yeah, sure. Go for it. I'm sure Aiden has something. Can you guys still hear me? Okay. Yeah? Yep, I hear you fine. Cool.
0: Aiden, do you have anything? You just throw in hundreds, that's it?
1: <laughs> yep, another hundred. No worries. Um yeah, maybe if if you can, I don't know if you can pin the link at to the top, but just so people know what I'm talking about. Um with the rareable stuff. We've we've launched sure. the JAWS one, but I haven't launched the others. I just have them up as an initial like kind of pre-launch thing. Um the idea with all of those is to you know, basically, you keep them really, really low cost, and just let people get into it.
2: Did I lose you guys there?
0: No, no, I'm here. I'm trying yeah. to pin it. You see, the, the co-hosts do this yeah. stuff, but <laughs> no worries.
1: Fucking... Yeah, they, no. they might have a bad connection.
4: All right, fucking Jesus Christ, I got, I got rug hard. <laughs> it was that was <laughs> no one of the rugs I've ever had um
2: uh, are you
4: open to any kind of like so i feel like in this space uh, you know most projects um well any like it, this is just my opinion but most projects tend to do well with some kind of collaborative side to it where um you know if. They, they can uh, uh, partner with other communities for co-marketing or you know, just co- conglomeration and other aspects. Do you have any plans uh, for co-marketing or anything like that? Or can I interest you in it once you get your NFT project off the road? Because I'm working with a lot of um, you know, electronic music artists, rap artists, rock artists. Um, and I just want to get them, everybody all together. Um, and so I'm just trying to put all the, the, the feelers out there. Um, and,
1: oh. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I love about this whole space is how open, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but everyone is figuring it out and is open to it, but yeah, I'd love to discuss it. I mean, any, any ideas shoot them my way for sure. Um, I'll do likewise.
4: Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll DM you or,
3: or figure it out.
4: Yeah. Do it. Definitely. Yeah, Demon, oh. go ahead.
3: Um hey, so you know, really love everything we've discussed and I love the you know your your bridging music and, and visual arts as well. Um really Thanks. curious, you know, for for artists that are getting into the space and you know learning and trying to grow their, their skill sets. I love the the visual art that you're you're doing and really curious, you know, if maybe you have any suggestions on um programs and different mediums that newer artists could get into to kind of achieve a similar, um, you know, effect? I, I, just, I just love the style that you're doing, and I'm curious what, um, you know, what programs and, and different mediums you're using.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would advise anyone to do a crash course in things like um, Premiere, Cinema 4D, After Effects, um I know Unreal Engine are coming out with some amazing stuff if you're into character design um okay. there's going to be a ton of new things coming out there but yeah um honestly I just you I went to the University of YouTube for a lot of that you know fantastic
3: and and what was your what was your learning curve like when you were just starting out like what kind of a you
1: know steep yeah I mean I thought yeah. I was I was capable of learning visual stuff years ago but It's always a headache. I mean, I I consider myself into tech. I, you know, obviously I work with music software all day, but my God, it's such a headache. Like, I'm literally square eyed every day from learning. But I mean, that's the thing. I'm always in these Twitter spaces with, you know, taking notes, learning a lot from people. Um, And yeah, as I said, like literally go to YouTube and you'll find absolutely everything that you need much more beneficial than going to college for it.
3: Fantastic. Well, all, all your, your hard work shows. man. It's really it's thank amazing you. work. I'm that glad everybody.
0: you like it. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Or L.C., you're up.
2: Yeah, thank you. You um, dropped a couple of big names that I heard earlier, uh, Dead Mouse and uh, Blau, and I didn't, not only did I heard about those names and um, you know nft crypto space but in regular spaces as well I'm talking things like uh, uh NPR news is when uh, you know I heard uh, you know about dead miles and so forth um, and I can see you um, you know reaching you know that level if you have not reached that level yet uh, uh, this is the first time I've been introduced to you so I'm very happy to uh, get to know you and I'm really enjoying the interview um, just have an overall general question. Um, how nervous should uh, you know the legacy um, music industry and um, you know uh, the Spotify be for uh, in terms of what this technology represents?
1: Yeah, great, great question. Actually, I honestly feel um, that they should be very nervous because they've had such a run of taking you know seventy to eighty percent. Um, for whatever reasons, musicians have got undervalued again and again and again. And That's a really good point, actually, that it's changing so fast. I feel like it's what happened with streaming all over again when people went from CD sales to streaming and the record companies never saw it coming. Um, there was a couple of people who kind of pioneered that, that technology, especially in underground music, and took it to another place before the record labels knew what was happening. So, yeah, absolutely. They should be nervous. Yeah,
2: and thank thanks, by did. Way, yeah. the way. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And I look forward to uh, engaging more in what you're doing in this space.
1: Thanks, great. Anybody else got anything?
0: Did I miss anything that you want to uh, talk about before we wrap up?
1: Um, actually, no. No, I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to say there. Um, Let me just look here. Had a couple of notes. Yeah, I mean, I think we went over a lot there. Um. Yeah. I, I, think...
0: tried, to get, I tried to go as rapid fire as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. All right, so we got new singles coming out on uh, Mousetrap, right? Waiting for you?
1: Yeah, yeah that one just came out. Um, and also a remix um, of the Bloom Twins and Giant Bombquist is out. Um, we're going to be officially launching the wearable stuff that I think you pinned it there at the top. Um, I could not find it in your Twitter, and I can't pin it unless uh, you have it. No worries. No worries. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, um, I'll post it. It's in, in, in the link, actually, on my bio. So, yeah, we're going to officially launch that stuff. Um, yeah, and then I know a bunch of shows coming up. Um, where, hopefully I'll see people around the states. actually, uh. Yeah. Where are you doing?
0: West Coast or East Coast or
1: all over? Um, I'm going to be on the West Coast for the first bit of the year. I think I might get out to Hawaii as well, which is great. I haven't played out there in, in a while. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
3: All
0: right, so, uh, check out CN's, uh, his rareable page, you can get that right through his link on his Twitter. Um, his new single just came out called Waiting for You. That's going to be on Mousetrap. He's doing a new project right now called Third Culture. Uh, check out Octopus Recordings. Um, if you get a chance to see him live, feel free to go out and say what's up. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else that I missed, but if there is... Um, I'll be sure to refer people over to you. Great.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Happy New Year to everyone,
0: too. I I always love it when I have musicians in here because I could kind of relate with them a little bit better since I'm a really shitty artist. Yeah,
4: thanks for coming out. (laughs) Great. All right. Cool. All
0: right, man. Well, thank you so much for the time. I I appreciate you coming out and talking to the community. And, um, you know, we're we're always doing these. So if you ever want to just stop on by and
1: pop in, uh, feel free to. I definitely will. Yeah, thanks again. All right, thank you so much. Cheers, everyone. See ya. Good night, man.